Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Welcome back to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and this is episode 74. Today, I'm eager to introduce you to Cindy Baltima, Executive Director of GEMS, which stands for Girls Everywhere Meeting the Savior. Now, if the kids in your life are all boys, please don't tune out. Cindy has words of wisdom to share for everyone. If you're a parent, grandparent, mentor, or ministry leader, listen close as Cindy discusses her own journey of feeling less than, left out, and alone, to then knowing the truth of her identity in Christ as loved, redeemed, and accepted. Cindy has such great words and resources to share with us today. Please don't forget to head over to our website at Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com. And click on the resources tab. You'll find the show notes for today, which link you directly to her site. Specifically, be sure to check out the A to Z Bible truths. Then while you're on our website, go ahead and click subscribe to our podcast and then share it with a friend. This is such an easy and effective way to spread our message and share the love of Jesus. Ready to learn how to combat the lies our children are hearing with God's truth? Lean in to hear Lee's conversation with Cindy now. Well, Cindy, welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Thanks so much, Lee. I am thrilled to be here. Cindy, you are a good friend of mine. We've been friends for years now. But for our friends that are listening who don't know who you are, would you introduce yourself? Absolutely. So I'm Cindy Boltema. I call West Michigan home. I'm mom to John. I have four kids. They range in age from 18 to 28. I love Jesus. I am humbled to serve as executive director of GEMS Girls Club, which is a global ministry impacting the lives of girls all around the world. And I think it's also important for your audience to know, Lee, that I didn't grow up in a Christian home, that I struggled with a drug and alcohol addiction until the age of 26, when thankfully a dear woman said to me, Cindy, you need Jesus. (laughs) And boy, did I. And Jesus has absolutely radically transformed my life and That's kind of me. Well, Cindy, I love your story and what God has done through you. But a part of the after days of coming to know Jesus has really involved a lot of work with children. Absolutely. It's my passion. I think because I didn't know Jesus at an early age, I often think how different my life would have been if someone would have invited me to a gems club or a WANA or Bible to school was around like how different my life could have been. And When I came to know Christ and someone bought my first Bible for me at the age of 26, I just kept thinking, how come no one ever told me? Like no one ever loved me enough just to open up God's word and share John 3, 16 with me. And just remember one day saying, Lord, may it not be said on my watch, no one ever told me. And (laughs) as we know, sometimes you have to be careful what you say and what you pray because God always hears us. And so the opportunities and the doors that have opened have not been doors that I have sought at all. I'm just a simple girl who loves Jesus, but I've just tried to be faithful to that little promise I made to God because he has been so unbelievably faithful to me. 
Cindy, that is an incredible blessing to hear your heart on that. And I know that's the heart of Bible to School leaders as well, that kids would have a direct interaction with the God of Scripture who loves them so much. Cindy, when we think about the kids today and what they're facing, I mean, just watching the news is overwhelming. But you really are kind of an expert now or trying to be an expert on the issues that are facing our kids today. And so as we think about reframing their minds, what are some of the negative influences that you see combating our kids? Mm -hmm. Lee, you're absolutely right. And your beloved mentors for Bible school, they know this too. You know, we flip on the news and we hear about the pressures, the pitfalls, the problems. And this was all before the pandemic. At GEMS, we often say that we could make a list from A to Z, from the anxiety to the bullying, to the cutting, the depression, the diet, eating disorders, all the way down to Z zits. So it is absolutely not easy to be a kid. And it's not easy to be a mom, a mentor, or a ministry leader trying to understand our kids. And then you add to that, you add for those of us, of people of faith, the stats that are coming out about the biblical worldview. I know we've talked about this before, Barna's research. At one time, the Barna research said that 4% of kids had a biblical worldview, but that's now changed. And now Barna is saying less than 1% of kids have a biblical worldview. Like as a Christ follower, that keeps me up at night to think we had a hundred kids in a gym that one would believe who God is, that our God is real and believe who God says that they are and just look through life with that lens of proof. And, you know, I think back to the parable of Jesus, where Jesus would say the good shepherd would leave the 99 to find the one mm. in our day. It's like we can, you know, leave the one to go find the 99. And that's why I'm so grateful for the ministry of Bible to school that's going right into the school to sit with God's precious lost sheep. Well, Cindy, I wonder when you were in elementary school, I mean, it's so fun to put ourselves back in that, except that I know both of our stories. We don't necessarily want to go back. What were the things that you were thinking when you were in third through fifth grade about yourself? As you looked at yourself as a redhead, which people can't see right now, as a redhead, what was life like for you in third through fifth grade? You know, it was lonely. I was the girl who felt less than, left out, and all alone. I mentioned I didn't know Christ. I didn't grow up in a home that paid attention to God, to Jesus, the Bible. And so sometimes even that song, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know, I didn't know it. And I was teased a lot at school. You mentioned I have red hair, freckles. I was a chubby girl. Now we call it bullying, and I'm sure I could have talked to my mom about it. But back then, I just kind of believed what the kids were saying to me at school. They were true. And so sometimes I think about like those simple hello name tags in the Avery label, you know, like if I was wearing name tags back then that showed what was going on in my mind, it would have been like, hello, I'm rejected, not wanted. No one would choose me. And, and unfortunately, I didn't have anyone telling me anything different. Even the teachers, I remember one time being in fifth grade and one of the teachers, there were two gingers, two redheads in the class and one teacher saying to this girl, Chrissy, bless you, Chrissy, wherever you are. Like you are the most beautiful redhead in this whole school. And like, I just remember then, I don't, I didn't know that it was shame, but the shame that came over me, I'm sure my face turned bright red thinking, 
there are two redheads in this class. And so if she's the most beautiful, what are you saying about me? So it was not easy. It was not easy. Grateful. I would never want to go back. I never, ever want to go back. But I'm grateful that God has given me this opportunity to sit in the shoes of what it's like to grow up as a young one today. And hopefully he can use my pain for kingdom purposes. Mm, I think that's so good. And it's one thing to combat these lies that assault us as men and women in our 30s, 40s, and 50s. (laughs) But it's a totally different thing to do that when you're 8, 9, 10, 11. Cindy, I I wonder now as kind of a go-to on this topic and lots of other topics, actually, where have you seen the readjustment of mindsets in kids go well? What are people doing that is helpful right now to walk alongside kids this age group? No, there's so many different ways to help our kids today. If I was going to boil it down to maybe like three, one would be truth. And your leaders know that. And again, bless and salute them all. We say at GEMS often that lies can't stick truth-filled girls. I'll add boys, like lies can't stick to the truth-filled girls and boys. And our hope is that we would raise up a generation of young ones that know truth and can stand on truth. So when someone calls them a fat red cow, that they can be, wait a minute, like I'm accepted or I'm loved or those sorts of things, that they would know truth, but then also be able to apply truth. We're not just looking for knowledge, but what does that mean? So when they're left out at the lunch table, that they would remember that they still belong. Do you think truth is huge? Also connection. The research shows that our kids, they long to belong and they long for connection, scientific proof, right? Rather, it's a young one or for me or for you, Lee, or for your listeners. We need connection as much as we need water and we need food. So oftentimes I think as a grown-up, I'm not gonna say which age group I'm in, but, but it's the last <laughs> one that you mentioned. When we see kids that want to be on screens, it's so easy to be like, put away your phone, put away your phone. But oftentimes what they're saying is I'm longing for a connection. I feel uh-huh. lonely left out. So connection is is huge for sure. And then just this opportunity to know who they are and and have these real experiences. I think we saw what the pandemic did with the isolation and our kids are longing to be involved in activities where they can grow and figure out the purpose that God has given to them. And sometimes that can start off with doing the art class or doing the cooking class or doing the soccer team so that they would know that they are created for something larger than themselves. And that, that's not just when you're a teen or when you're a grown up, that that can start. But Billy, you know me well enough to know that my passion is truth and also connection. Those are the two. Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. How is God able to stay perfect? Our Bible to School kids are often amazed to hear that God is perfect without sin and always has and always will be perfect. After all, we certainly can't be perfect, not even for an hour. That is the beauty of teaching children for the first time about God, who is perfect, loves them, and cares for them. When circumstances in this life feel less than perfect, it brings such hope into their lives to know God is constant and dependable and perfect. And Cindy, really, the A to Z's are something that you're famous for. A to Z's of redirecting our minds onto who God says that we are. Could you talk us through some of those? Like, 
I know this is a resource that you have through Gems Girls Club. And I really want to point our friends to that because, I mean, these are simple truths of God, but they really are powerful and transformative. So could you talk us through at least a few of those? Absolutely. And if I could, I'll just share where it started from. You know, again, I'm just a simple girl who fell in love with Jesus and realized, wow, there is so much I don't know. And I'll say now often that my life has been transformed because my mind has been transformed. And that has come from knowing, memorizing, studying, sharing God's word. And so when I was 26 and a single mom and in the midst of a mess, but as I began to memorize God's word, I just wanted it to sink in. And so I would take I I used to take my index cards to the dentist, no joke. And I had index cards where I would brush my teeth and in every cupboard and they still fall out of random places. And I just, I started to memorize A to Z because it could help me to remember on those brief moments that I might not have an index card if I was driving. So I was like, A, God says that I'm accepted just the way that I am, whether I have red hair or not. B, that I'm beautiful. I may not look like a magazine cover, but I can go back to where God says, the, the beauty that comes, the C, that I've been created, D, that I'm delivered, that I am not an addict, that I'm delivered in Jesus' name. And so I started to go A to Z, who Jesus said that I was, to kind of rewire my mind. And then I started to think about who God is, like that A, again, that he is awesome. God, that you are a bold God, that you are the creator, and just would go through that as my kids were little, I wanted them to have a different story than mine. And so from the time they were itty bitty, I had them memorizing truth. And so we would go A to Z again. <laughs> a, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. B, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And I found if I would say to my kids, if you guys can memorize this, I'll take you and a friend to an amusement park. They could memorize A to Z. I'm like, I'm not about bribing my kids. So we do, we do that at Gems now. And we, again, I am just blown away to think how God can use our pain from the past to help others to think that there are girls all around the world that are memorizing God's truth from A to Z. And again, who God is. And yeah, it's a simple resource. But if we remember that lies can't stick to truth-filled kids, may we be passionate about helping them get that in their mind. Yeah, I love that. We recognize that God's word is transformative in every way. Before we jumped on here, Cindy, you were talking about some statistics that came out about Dove and the issues that kids are facing. So would you go ahead and talk about that? And then I have a question. Absolutely. Dove does so much research on self-esteem. And so they are a great source of understanding what it's like specifically for girls, but for self-esteem issues with our kids. And they say this, and as a woman who struggled with an eating disorder for many years, this is an area that is especially meaningful and also personal to me. But they say that by age 10, so for your leaders to think about the 10-year-olds, so let's just have it not be just numbers and stats, but faces and names. By age 10, 80% of girls have been on a diet. You back the truck up a little bit. It starts about, about age seven is what they're saying. The average kid has been on a diet. And if mom is dieting in the home, the average diet age starts at age five. So for our moms or dads that are listening, when you're saying, did these pants make me look fat? Like you have little ears that are listening. And when it comes to a healthy self-esteem or body image, it's definitely more caught than taught. And so how we talk about ourselves, it really matters to those around us. But to think about like age five, I want the girls to be like outside jumping rope or with bubbles or a sidewalk talk. But to think that at age five, they're wondering if they're fat, 
But Lee, you know my story. You know my story and also my youngest daughter. And I have permission to share this. Age five, I had to take her to the doctor because she was struggling with an eating disorder. Not because of what I had been saying on the in the home. I was very careful. But some guys on the playground were teasing some girls on the playground and calling them fat. And my daughter didn't want to be teased. So she thought if she would stop eating, that that would eliminate the teasing. Lord, help us. Yep. So as leaders, how would you encourage us when we hear something in a boy that is shame-filled if he says, I'm not good at sports or I'm so ugly? Cindy, I'm sure I would have permission to share this, but my son, Ryan, said to me, I'm ugly. And he's 12. And I was like, there's no part of you, honey, that's ugly. I mean, in reality, Cindy, he's not ugly. But deep down, I think he believes that right now. So when we start seeing our kids or the kids around us tipping their hands towards us to what's going on on the inside, how would you have us respond? You know, there's there's the easy response that I think that we want to do. And it's not a bad thing. I think if somebody said, if I was with and they were like, Mrs. Bultima, I'm ugly. I think my first response would be like, that's not true. You're so beautiful. You're so loved. And and that's a good thing, right? We want to replace the lies with truth. But I want to encourage your leaders and your listeners, maybe even one more step. If you have the time, I would say, sweetie, tell me more. Tell me Mm -hmm. more. Those three simple words can change everything. Because I think if you say, tell me more, where's that coming from? So that we can understand the root and you can help replace that with truth. Because oftentimes we have the thought that this generation, generation alpha, is the generation that your leaders are serving, the leaders at Bible to school, that they don't want to connect. But the research is different. It's saying that they crave mentoring, that they crave adults, but what they are looking for is someone to listen to them. And I think it's so easy to be like, that's not true. That's not true. That, But if you have the time to sit with them and say, tell me more. And if they can say, well, well Bobby said this, or then you can help listen, 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 And then help them get to the place where they're like, tell me about the facts of this or tell me this so that they can not just take your word for it, but that they can help, whether that's God's word or they can help themselves replace that lie with truth. Mm. You know, it reminds me that back at the beginning of this, you said that they were looking for, basically they're, they're looking to absolve that loneliness inside of them. And asking another question is always a part of being present in the middle of the moment with them too. Yes, they'd love to talk about themselves. They really do. Because it's true. They had been labeled the loneliest generation before the pandemic. And the research shows that they're lonelier than ever. But they want to talk. They have big thoughts. They have big ideas. They have big questions. I mean, for third through fifth grade, they have grown up in a world that has never felt safe. They are growing up in a world that, I mean, we just, I didn't get to G, but G is gun violence. I mean, they're growing up in a world where it's normal that they have active shooter drills and that there are, are shooters in the mall and at parades and churches. Like they have big questions that they're asking and they're looking for mentors to sit alongside of them and allow them to share these questions and thoughts. Cindy, I imagine that a lot of us don't have all the answers right now. <laughs> so, I mean, It's not unusual for my kids to say something to me and me have no idea what to say next. So how do you respond in a moment where you don't know what to say next or even the truth that you should share in that moment? You know, I don't, I think it's true. We could, I think it's a fair statement. We could say none of us have all the answers, but for those of us as Christ followers, 
we know the one who does. What the research is showing and what I have seen with serving with kids and living with kids at home, they're not looking for someone with all the answers. They're longing for a connection. They're longing for someone to take the time to sit with them and listen. Because as much as we like to say that this generation is on their phone all the time, they're being raised in home where parents often are too. And how they're longing for someone to sit down, to listen, to look them in the eye, and to love. I often say to the mentors at GEMS, my goal would be for the end of your season or the end of your month to know the color of eyes of every girl in your care. Because when we can really sit and lean in and listen and look in their eyes, it can change everything. So I think it's okay to go back to your original question, Lee. It's okay to not know the answers. It's okay to say that is a really good question. Tell me more and allow them to share or open up God's word or just get again to their to their heart. They're not expecting us to know all the answers, but they are longing for that connection and for someone to sit and pause and communicate, not just with words, but with actions. I see you, you matter, and you are not alone. Cindy, this has been such an important conversation and really helpful, actually. So if friends wanted to get or to be able to have access to the A to Z resource, is there a way they can do that on the GEMS website? Absolutely. If you just go to gemsgc.org, so that's gemsgc, like girlsclub.org, they're right there. If you have a hard time finding them, feel free just to, there's a place where you can connect and we would love to point you in that direction. Well, Cindy, I have to ask you at the end of this, if you would pray for our leaders that are listening, our friends that want to share the gospel and be the one who says, Cindy, Lee, you need Jesus, but at a much younger age than you and I had that said to us. Absolutely. And before I pray, Lee, can I just say to those listening that are serving in the Bible to school ministry, bless you. If I could see you, I would high five you, applaud you, salute you. The difference that you are making, it matters. In our world today, where you could spend your time doing so many things, to think that you're spending the time going in and mentoring, it makes a difference. And so I just want to encourage you and don't give up because sometimes the kids that you think that they're not listening, you never know. They could come back a decade, two decades from now and share how your presence made a difference in their life. Hmm. So let's pray. God, (laughs) you are awesome. You are beautiful. God, you are a creator and you are creative. God, you are a deliverer. God, you are enough. Lord, as we fix our mind on you, we think about the strength and the power that is available to us and your love that you infuse into us for us to share with others. So Lord, I think of the leaders that commit their time to Bible to school. And I ask God that you, God of love, would infuse them with fresh love, fresh hope, fresh strength and perseverance, God, that you would encourage them, that you would give them glimpses of fruit, the difference that their time is making. I pray, God, that you would give them patience. Sometimes those kids that you feel like they're not listening or they're tuned out, Lord, they're the ones that sometimes need your love the most. God, remind these leaders that every kid is one caring adult away from being a success story. And this might just be the leader that you want to use in little Cindy, little Lee, little Johnny's life. So Lord, would you bless each leader? Would you bless this significant ministry? Would you bring even more leaders and more kids so that more would understand freedom and the fullness that is available through our Lord Jesus Christ? Mm -hmm. We love you and we're grateful that we get to do this, God. 
In the strong and powerful name of Jesus, I pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you, Lee. Thank you. Did you know that Generation Alpha was labeled the loneliest generation before the pandemic? These kids are growing up in a world where they have never felt safe and they don't know the truth about their identity in Christ. They have big thoughts, lots of questions, and great ideas. They're craving a mentor who will listen to their hearts and help them replace lies with truth. Since you're here listening today, I bet you have some children in your circle of influence. If this is the case, would you take just an hour a week to get to know them a little better? We may not have all their answers, but we sure do know the one who does. And this, combined with the gift of your listening ear, is the most powerful way to start a connection. Well, friends, I'm so glad you stopped in today to fuel up on ways to tell children about their identity in Christ. And I want to remind you to head over to our website, Bible2School.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com to grab my absolute favorite resource from this episode. It's the A to Z identity list. Print this list of truths out and hand it to every kid you know. I guarantee you'll see some smiles. Who doesn't want to hear they're accepted, chosen, and loved? While we're over here discussing replacing lies with truths, you're probably going to want to learn more about getting biblical truth into your public schools. So it's super easy to do. Just go to our website and click on the Contact Us tab, and we'll get this conversation started. Finally, be sure to stop in here next week to hear an amazing story of God's redeeming love through the powerful Ashes to Beauty testimony of my dear friend, Janae Hostetter. Until then, be confident in knowing you can tell the children about their identity in Christ and His great love for them.